Welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D. Stevie D, it is now official where the countdown is on to the NFL season. I can finally say, thank goodness. Uh, we had a – the offseason is not as long as it used to be, right? You got all the different activities, whether it be free agency, whether it be the draft. You have all the different – Things that are happening in the league, Aaron Rodgers, you know, wanting out of Green Bay, Deshaun Watson and the saga going on down there, coaching changes. So the NFL is loving this, completely loving this because they're staying in, in, in the media, right? They're staying important. And it gives us as the fans the opportunity to kind of keep up with what's going on with our players. The way that OTAs are being run and, you know, you, you hear like in Tampa, where there's a little rift. There's a little rift because Bruce Arians doesn't necessarily agree with the Tom Brady-led OTA away from the facility. He wants his guys, right. you know, over at one place or wherever it is, you know, that they have their OTAs. He wants it as a team activity. But we have these sprinklings of things that are happening, and it's really good, right, because it keeps you vested. It keeps you trying to – Keep up to date with what's going on with your team, your favorite team, and, and the players in the league. So, uh, you know, we're, we're at this point now. We're at the precipice of actually really digging deep into it, right? But we're still like eight weeks away. Stevie D. So, so what do we do? It seems so far away. So we had a, we had a conversation, right? What are we going to do for our listeners, right? They call this sometimes the dog days, right? Uh, and so what are we going to do? Talk about the Jets. That's what we should be doing. Okay. And huh. no. Take two. Edit. Take two. I right. back that up. Back it up. Isn't that what they do? Take two, right? I need to go get the little thing and, and slam it down. So what do we do? So we we started, you know, debating. We had our show where we talked about the Hall of Fame, and it really wasn't the the prototypical Hall of Fame, right? We talked about. Uh, you know, first of all, what we always debate about, right? How we can't stand the sports writers, how they've ruined the game, how they've ruined the enshrinement of Hall of Fame, how they've diluted the class. So we we had that discussion. We talked about some of the players maybe who were not deserving to be into the Hall of Fame, right? A little overrated because the pool is being diluted. Yeah, a whole lot of Jets on that list too, by the way. We only got two in there. Maybe two, two. <laughs> but not now, as we go forward, it's overrated the Hall of Fame. We just talked about it. <laughs> they want anybody in except for my Jets. As we go forward, the, we, vodka. We, now we, I got to drink my vodka. Uh oh. Uh oh. Brought to you by Aquafina. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Did you just secure our first sponsorship? Yes. Aquafina. <laughs> but so now we say, okay, who who are we gonna? What are we gonna talk to? What content are we gonna give our fans? Well, I do remember last year where we had this debate, and not that we're trying to rehash old material, but it's, you know, it's very fluid. It's liquid, right? It's constantly moving and changing, and that's our top 10 list, right? And so what we've kind of planned out for our next eight weeks until actually it'll finish when training camp just gets started, which is perfect timing, uh, we're, we're going to take by position, and we're going to give our top 10, right? Now, when you talk about the top 10, we had a little pre-show, pre-game type meeting, right, where 
we wanted to go back and forth and make sure that our lists were kind of in sync. Maybe. I I don't know. I, I can't call it. You know, I, I, I listen to the things you say and sometimes I scratch my head. You know, you know I was doing the same thing. I was like, what? <laughs> but, you know, all we said to each other was, let's put together a top 10 list, right? How are we going to get to that top 10? It's a great question, right? Because you're looking at it through your eyes. I'm looking at it through my eyes, which are 2020, by the way. So I'm looking at it clear. I, I don't, you know, old age maybe getting to you, you know. Wait a minute, you're older than me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look that old. That's you not. Look you know, I, I, got, I, got, I got the Ted Williams vision, 2010, baby. What are you talking about? Hmm. But <laughs> we, we have our different ways of, of looking at things, right? And, and that's what's so special. That's what makes podcasting great. That's what makes listening to the, the sports talk shows. That's what makes listening to the pregame shows. Everybody has an opinion, right? Whether you agree or disagree, you're able to share your opinion, kind of give your feedback and your justification for what it is you feel. So when we said top 10, in my mind, I looked at top 10. And I said, you know, I want to get the greats in the game. But what defines being great, right? Does define being great mean that you have gaudy numbers? Right, that you threw for 70,000 yards? Does that mean that you threw for 500 touchdowns? Does that mean that you as a player, right, your numbers may not be that high, but you actually made an impact and you changed the way the game is being played? Yeah, it could be. Does it mean how many Super Bowls you have? Does it mean how many playoff wins you have? It could be. Right, These are both things that, that are for debate. Right, you can, you can look at one and say, well, I'm still talking about greatness, right? What is greatness? And, you know, greatness may be that I'm better than you. That's fair. But, you know, sometimes it can't be quantified. So I'm ready to jump in. Let's you know, it. I see you over there nodding the head. You know, go, baby. we were talking about earlier, you were absolutely ready to jump in. But yeah. before we start any of that, just so that I get it out and that it is officially on tape, I need to say to Mama D, I am sorry. I, I, I've i said it profusely so many times, and I'm not sure that she actually heard my apology, right? Wh- which Mrs. Know. D, though? Because there's technically two. Well, that, that's why I call her Mama. My, 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 mom. my Mrs. D. Your mom. Okay. My I mom. have okay. to apologize. And I want her to know in earnest even though it was the funniest thing that I have ever done in my life, I did not mean any disrespect. I did not mean for any feelings to be hurt. It was just in good nature fun. Also understand that I would never do anything like that to somebody I didn't like and somebody I didn't care about. And I consider you my brother. I consider your parents my surrogate parents when when I'm up there, right? So for all of that, I would never want to hurt you. And if you still harbor ill feelings, <laughs> we're we're gonna have to hug it out, right? We we, we just have to hug it out and, and make sure that we we are on good terms. You're gonna make you guys, me. You guys mean a lot to me. All right, I need to get that out there. I'm laughing so hard, my my eyes are starting to tear. But I am still going to say, even with all that, <laughs> it was the 
funniest thing in the world. It really was. Yeah. And we'll, we will cover this topic and what that was on a later show. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Because it, it, it's it's a good one. It it's it's a good. It was a good prank. Okay, April, it was an April Fool's Day prank some years ago. It was. It was definitely some years back. <laughs> All right, now this is not a prank, right? This this is not a prank. Uh, well, your number one may be a prank. <laughs> You open the door. You open the door. I just nudged it open. Do, do we go from 10 to 1? Do we go from 1 to 10? Do well, we I. Middle. At five? If we start at 10, we may never get. Are you still crying over there? You still like <laughs> <away> tears? <laughs> I had no idea that I was going down, folks. So that's why I'm a little caught off guard. That was so funny. Uh, uh, now I think you have the the problem is if you really start with actually we're so different that you could probably start at ten. All right, that that would leave suspense as you get towards one because we are so different in that fashion. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So I'm going to give you the honors, and, and, and ladies and gentlemen, when you see my expressions, if I utter anything that is inaudible, please understand that this is coming from a Jets fan. So all bets are off. You, you, you know, everybody in the world that wore Jet Green should be in the Hall of Fame. Everybody, you know, yeah. I, I, That's I right. need to go. I just, I'm just going to let you go. I'm, maybe I should put myself on mute. Where, where am I going? Am I going 10 to 5 or 10 to 6? Or am I going all the way? Like, Well, you can start with 10. Yeah. And, and we'll go. But you do 10, okay. I'll do 10. You do 9, okay. I'll do 9. Okay. So – our rankings, the way we did it, are very different, right? When I I didn't look at quarterbacks necessarily as revolutionizing the game, uh, where uh, like you you mentioned earlier, you talked about uh, quarterbacks that kind of changed the way the game was played, and I didn't necessarily put that in the ranking and say, well, that person because he did that or was the first to do that, I'm going to put him in the top ten or top five or, or number one quarterback. That wasn't that wasn't me. Yes, I was partial towards uh, uh, numbers, right? Your win-loss records, your playoff records, uh, big-time games, things like that. Uh, that did weigh heavily, although uh, you are um, – there, there it is. The apology is accepted. There it is. My mom. Oh, why the, wait, wait. Why the LOL? I accept oh, your apology. Oh, 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 oh. Wait a minute. Does that mean that you didn't, you didn't really accept the apology? <laughs> Are we back at it? She she's, she's laughing and smiling and, and saying, "It's all good, Vince. You are my son. It's all good." Fair enough. Okay, okay. I'm good. All right. So, uh, so I, for me, uh, you know, intangibles uh, definitely weighed in. Uh, it, again, some of it is hard for me on some of the older quarterbacks um, that I didn't really get to see play. So my list really doesn't have a lot of old-time quarterbacks in it uh, because of that. So let me jump in with a little bit of, of my my number 10 I have. Well, well, it, yeah, go ahead. And, and for the most part, before you get started, sorry. Yeah. Just for clarification, the vast majority of the players that we selected are really 1974. Right? Yeah, we're yeah. basically talking about yeah. the Super Super Bowl era, fifty 
plus years right. of football. So, yeah. but maybe somebody on the outside of there. Just a tease. Go ahead. So, like for me, my my number ten, I have a Steve Young, right? What? Yeah. See, I told you. Sometimes yeah. it just comes yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have Steve Young, uh, really a phenomenal passer, uh, very high passer rating. Um, His postseason record wasn't always the greatest, uh, above 500, but wasn't the greatest. He played in a tough era. There were some really good football teams in that era that he went up against in the playoffs uh, with with the 49ers. Um, You know, two to one win ratio, so over 66% uh, winning percentage in, in, in the regular season. Uh, he was, again, a mobile quarterback, can run it, extend the play, um, had some very good tough runs. He was a tough player, real tough player, um, and, and really year after year was in the, in the tops of the NFL. When you looked at passers in the league, he was always either one in the top three in the passes every year that he played once he got to be a starter. Obviously, he had a rough start to his career with the, with the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers and sat behind Joe Montana for many years until uh, – until the Giants, uh, you know, killed Joe Montana, and they were finally ready to turn the table from uh, from Joe Montana, turn the page from Joe Montana, Steve Young. So I have Steve Young at number ten. You, you know, and you, you said that towards the end, but what may give that pick so much credibility and credence is the fact that it is so hard to follow a legend, right? We we see it all the time. Those guys. They may be highly touted. They may come in with all of the credentials and all of the accolades, but they come in behind a legend and the expectations are so high for them to keep that, that level of, of play. And, you know, coming in behind Montana, who was just known as the Super Bowl king, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and the dynasty under that Walsh tree and for Young to come in, yes, he had some experience in, in with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he came in and they didn't miss a beat, right? And for that, I, I think that you have a legitimate a legitimate choice. So I, I went off script. Yeah, I, I'll admit it, right? I went off script. Uh, I chose Johnny Unitas as my number 10. And Could be the Jets in Super Bowl. Well, I know he predates the exhibition game era. I I, I get that, uh, but there there's something about Johnny U, right? When you think about the quarterback position and the history of the game, and you look at where we are today, and you look at the impact that he has had on all of the players that have come after him. It, there's nothing but Johnny U. Yeah, but you remember, though, you are cheating with that Johnny U pick because you stretched out the years. I did. Right? I, so, I in did. fairness, Johnny U's best years were pre-Super Bowl era. There's no doubt. Right. There's no so. doubt. When I chose my list, I chose my list based off of greatness and impact to the game. How did you help drive the shield? Right. That's something that they've always talked about uh, when you whether it be Roselle or, you know, Goodell, it, it, it's all about the shield, it's building the brain. It's how it transitioned from a game in the 70s to all of a sudden start to really gain popularity and grow in the 80s. 
to in the '90s just take off. Right. Sure. Yeah. And and that, that's why a lot of older quarterbacks don't get a lot of love anymore. And, and because right. it's so easy now, in fairness to today's quarterbacks, to throw and complete passes. You the holding calls are different. No you know, doubt. back in the '80s and '70s and stuff like that, there was holding on the line of scrimmage, right? And then they had to change that that rule, and now it's. You know, it, well, and, and to your point, when we did our show on this topic last year, we really dove into the analytics of it, right? We created formulas to kind of help the players that came before this modern day, right? And actually take away from some of the gaudy stats that we see in today's game, right? Because whether it be the style of offenses that are being played, the spread offense, whether it be uh, the, the, way that defenses now are, are playing, whether it be the size and speed of the players. I mean, vast difference, right? You have guys running 4-3. I remember when Prime ran the 4-2, everybody's like, wow, he ran a 4-2. Well, now you see guys on the regular running 4-3, maybe not a 4-2, but running 4-3 on the regular. I remember when I was a kid, it was always like, oh, he ran a 4-4, right? That, that was it. These guys are faster, stronger. The rules allow them to be able to utilize their speed, all you have to do is get off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, but you know when you think about it, what what's four four? I ran a four four twenty. I mean, what's the big deal? <laughs> oh, four four sixty. My bad. My bad. If you ran a four four sixty, I don't know why you're on the other end of this podcast. If you're still, I mean, Rich Eisen, I think ran a four four. You know, but anyways, in the twenty, so Johnny, he ran a four four and a twenty. Johnny, you to me is. He, he really is the grandfather, the godfather of the modern-day quarterback, right? He's the one that that set the standard. And, and granted, his numbers may not be, you know, to the likes of a Drew Brees or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. I get that, right? But his impact, to me, puts him in forever will be in the top ten because he is there. He deserves to be there. What his contributions to the game deserve to be there. His interceptions were a little high, but, you know, all bets were off when you were running around in those secondaries like that. And the man still threw for 40,000 yards. Stevie D, you're still throwing for 40,000 yards in a game of three yards in a cloud of dust. I, no, I look, I when we originally did the top 10 last year, and we debated the top 10, I think prior to us going on the air, I had Johnny U there but we was taken out because he was pre-super bowl so if, if you know in fairness on my rankings my number nine wouldn't be there johnny you would be there right because who's your number nine roger starbar okay. he's my old he's my he's my veteran in my in my super bowl era that's you know that's the 70s type quarterback um he was winning that that's what he defined he was winning he made the Cowboys teams that much better, that much more legitimate. Uh, he put football on the map in Dallas. Let's face it. Uh, it was Roger Starbuck. Um, and uh, he, he, he's got a Super Bowls. He's, I mean, he was a winning quarterback in the regular 75%, won 75% of his games. Right? Uh, again, I'm a statistic-driven guy. I have always have been. Uh, I can recite all stats in the back of baseball cards like, like it's nothing. I'm a statistics kind of person and i look at roger and i say if i'm going to put somebody from uh, that 70s era it, it's Ro roger and i have met number nine all right i don't have a problem with stomach I, I don't um first and foremost 
you know, a veteran. Gave I mean, Captain Comeback, right? I mean, what was his nickname like that way, right? His career, right? To to really serve. He invented the Hail Mary. And, and you have to appreciate that. Invented the Hail Mary. Yeah. Uh, he, he was the guy with, with the offensive line doing a little check before they got into the stance. Yeah. He also had great receivers. Had, had a tight end who dropped the ball in the end zone in the Super Bowl. And you came back from that? Smith? Was it Smith? Came, yes, Jackie Smith. You come back from that? <laughs> Wide open? But you also had Tony Dorsett. He's got to be the sickest man in the world. <laughs> I think it was the one. He's just clicking through. Oh, here's a podcast. Wait, you guys are still talking about me? <laughs> so, no, I, I'm good with Roger. I, I'm good with Roger. And I think the Roger and Unitas ones, the, those kind of can balance off each other. My number nine will absolutely shock you. It will shock everybody listening. But my number nine is Michael Vick. And I'll tell you why it's Michael Vick. When you look at the game today, whether it be a Lamar Jackson, whether it be a Russell Wilson, a Josh Allen, and you can go down the list, right? The new kids that are coming in, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. You you look at all these kids. You look at all the players that are, that are playing. There may have been running quarterbacks before Michael Vick. You could have had a Fran Tarkington. You could have had an Archie Manning. You could have had a Randall Cunningham. But Michael Vick's impact on the game has changed it for generations that we see today and changed the way the game is being played. And Michael Vick played at the highest level. Now, I'm not talking about anything that happened off the field. That that happened in the past. It's done. It's over, right? So yeah, all of cost the cost them $100 something million. Dollars. Uh, all the naysayers on Michael Vick that don't use that as the argument, right? Let's look at where the game is today and his impact and his abilities when he was playing. And to me, that's why he falls on this list as being one of the great. He absolutely, in my book, uh, is one of the great quarterbacks. Now, if you look at his numbers, his numbers aren't there. And I I get that. Um, And and one of the things that I think hurts his numbers is not only the, the time away from the game, trying to get back, you know, playing sometimes in a more of a subservient type role as a backup, you know, playing with some bad teams too. No, no disrespect to your Jets. No, we were a mess by the time he got to the Jets. But playing with some bad teams. But he had to other things, right? And it still happens today. I talked about it with Tyrod Taylor, another one, right? But I talked about it with Tyrod Taylor in the fact that you can't put a square peg into a round hole, right? Michael Vick had a certain innate ability to be able to sense the pressure and take off and run. You could call design runs, right? And we're not talking about out of the spread offenses that you see today, right? We're talking traditional pro style, you know, uh, I formation or, you know, running a pro set. So he had that ability to escape and take off and run. He also had the ability to throw the ball for 60, 70 yards, right? You hear, hear Mahomes and Josh Allen debating who can throw it the first. Yeah, they, there's a guy that wore number seven that can line up at the, at one end of the end zone and throw it to the other, right? Yeah, that's this, the former Jet quarterback, guy, Michael Vick. Say that again? 
former Jet quarterback Michael Vick. Again, comes in go. number nine on the list. Here, here, here we go. Uh, okay, he, go he wore the green and white. I, I don't know what you, I mean. I don't know why you're I rolling said that. that team was awful. You already said that team was awful. You said that. Yeah, Michael Vick was our number nine of all time quarterback, leading the ship. My guy. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you got a top 10 quarterback, former Jet, Michael Vick. Here we go. No, but, you know, if, if I can, I'm, I'm Michael Vick, you know. Um, to your point, how you mentioned uh, revolutionized the game. The Michael Vick experience, right? The rage. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, when you got the Madden football game that everybody couldn't wait to get, Right. When you knew, okay, your feature set was coming out and you're reading up on the game. Oh my God, I got to wait six more months for Madden. Are you kidding me? What's the first move people made? A lot of people moved, traded for Michael Vick because that's how dynamic Michael Vick was because he made your team, you're almost unstoppable because you can run with Michael Vick and plus he could throw it downfield. He had the the, the speed, I mean, the throw accuracy and the throw power and all that. And think about what he did for that video game franchise. Because everybody wanted Michael Vick. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, I don't. Not that I have a problem with Michael Vick. It's again, it's understanding what your top ten is. Like, if you would say my top ten, which is more outside of Roger Staubach, more statistical driven, then Michael Vick's not in the top ten. Sure. Right. If you go with your top ten, where you're talking about revolutionizing the game, you're you're absolutely right. He's part of that because he's paved the way for all these young quarterbacks that are now considered dual threat because people may say, well, Randy Cunningham was truly that, but Randall Cunningham didn't have the supporting cast offensively and Randall Cunningham is still not Michael Vick to, to your point in our pre-show. He's, he's just not, not there. Maybe he could have been, you know, 10 years later uh, playing for a different franchise, but on the buddy Ryan and rich time. <laughs> sorry, that just <laughs> heartburn coughing. It's always about the Jets. Always. Well, Buddy Ryan, you know, won a Super Bowl with the Jets. Again, about the Jets. Yeah. yeah. See how I do that, folks? Uh, I see. I see. So we go. All you right. So all right. you watched that game, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's why they got VHS and DVD, and now they got streaming. I, I can watch it all the time. Hey, it was in color. That's all that matters. I thought you were there. Didn't you go to Miami for that game? Okay. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> I have I could say something, but my mom's listening, so I can't say. <laughs> there was a line. I think you were trying to bait me into that line. And plus, it's a it's a PG show. You know, it, we, get, it, we it have is. young kids, so it you is. know. It, yeah. it, it, this is for the families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, so are, are we going to jump into number eight? So, who was your nine? Starback. Starback. Okay, let's go to number eight. John Elway. The 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 horse tooth, I I can't finish the line. The guy with a lot of teeth, he looked like a horse. Spurned the Yankees. Um, yes, he did. By the, yeah, he he used the Yankees uh, to get what he needed from the from the NFL. So, uh, but I have John Elway at at number eight. Um, hell of a quarterback. Hell of a quarterback. You know, won two Super Bowls, been the five. Um, again, was a runner. Again, was a runner could could run, extend the extend the plays. I mean, think about some of the historical drives in NFL history that he had uh, against the well. 
I, I, that's not fair. Know, it's against the Cleveland I Browns. With Elway, Stevie D. I do. I struggle with Elway. You do. You know how painful it was to even put him on the list, but yeah, I, I got him at eight. I have made eight. This is why I struggle with Elway. His and, and I guess this is where we we start to go off course. Yeah. We have a lot of the same people, right? I have Elway at seven. Okay, so all right, I got him at eight. We're 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 close in that. Yeah. But I still struggle with him even at seven. I I don't. There's something that, that is just a, there's a voice inside of here that says he was good. He was very good, right? But was he was he that top ten great? Did he? well in the eighties? He was there, yes. right? In the eighties, yes. I agree. But that right? was, that's forty years ago. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, he was legit as they come in the 80s. I mean, he he was clutch, right? Uh, he won, a, again, you don't like the statistics because if you don't score the touchdown, do you really get credit for it? It was a good line that you brought up about the field goal kicker gets yeah. the glory to kick the field goal at a, at a 45, 50 yarder. And all you had to do was get him to the, you know, the, what, the, the 37 to kick that 40, 46, 45 yard field goal. Um, didn't complete the job. But at the end of the day, he had a lot of fourth quarter comebacks. You knew with two minutes left in the game, don't give him the football. You knew something magical was going to happen. And and that that a lot of what Jen Elway did was, was that magic. He, he, uh, he did. And maybe, yeah, you, you give him credit for the the comeback, the drive, right? They, they wanted to give a name to every single thing that he did. And that's what it was. He, he also... Um, he he was up and down though yeah. as a quarterback in the eighties. He had good seasons, uh, and then he had not so good seasons. Yeah, but 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 it's hard. I mean, in the eighties, he went to three Super Bowls in the eighties. He went to two in the nineties, right? I mean, he yeah. still went to five. Not a lot of quarterbacks can say they led their team to five Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean, he's two and three and had the best record, right? I mean, he got blown away in the eighties. I mean, the NFC dominated the eighties Super Bowls, right? I mean, he so got blown out. Those are exhibitions. We don't talk really. You like the exhibition games. I mean, you're all into exhibitions and parties and big dinners and galas. <laughs> I mean, that, that's all you. I, I am about the big dinner. You know, yeah. there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a meat and potatoes guy. Let, let, <laughs> let's just get right to it. What did you do in, you know, in the, up to that championship game? I don't need all the parties. You know, so that's that's where it makes exhibition. But I digress. All right, so you have Elway, yeah. and and um, as I said, I had I had Elway at seven. My number eight though uh, is Dan Fouts. Again, my theme. That's right. My theme from going. Did from, did he make it as a broadcaster? In your I, top ten, Fouts is great, but when. You when you look at Dan Fouts, and I talk about you know what Johnny you did. Then we had that period of time where you had your your Archie Mannings and your you know your Terry Bradshaws and your Staubachs, right? Uh, your Neil Lomaxes that were Neil Lomax yes. gets a shout out. Yes, he does you today. Like wow, you, you get these guys that are out there and. You know, and then all of a sudden, here comes this 
this young guy, you know, kind of just awkwardly built and has this receiving core that is just top notch, has this bruising running back. And then this young guy, you know, who is kind of like, that's always ran the two back set who could catch anything and just, you know, catch the, the little flare, the little swing pass. But he threw that ball all around. I mean, just threw it around. So much so that they nicknamed it after the coach, right? Eric Coriel. Why was it? Why wasn't called Eric Fouts if he's going to get all the credit? Well, back then, you know, you didn't have social media. You know, there was no Snapchat. There was none of that kind. Well, Eric Coriel probably sounds a little bit better too. It sounds better than Eric Fouts, right? Eric Coriel. It's like it's like a champagne. Eric Coriel. Like, but my my pick for Fouts again. Yeah. This I got to hear. Last three. It is really about how he transitioned the game to what we see today, right? Yeah. You can always say that, you know, there were other players, but really the game that we see today was out there in San Diego. And, and thank goodness I could say that because, you know, now it's in Los Angeles and I forget all the time, but it was out there in San Diego. And- is that when they started San Diego superchargers? Was that when they started that frame, that, that saying? Was that around Fouts' era? Powder blue. Powder blue? Yeah. See, I, I don't remember Fouts as a player, unfortunately. So it's hard for me to comment on, on Dan Fouts negatively or positively, to be honest with you. And you can say the same thing about Roger Saubach. I mean, I really dove into his numbers for that era. And, I, and honestly, for Fouts, I just, you know, I'm not saying that's a bad pick. I just don't know much about Dan Fouts. Yeah, I, so for me to take fouls, again, my last three was Johnny Yu really making the quarterback position. Michael Vick, you know, I can't put Mike any higher because he really didn't play anymore, right? He didn't have enough games. But when he did play and the impact that he had, we can look at the game right now and turn on that television. And you see in 2020 people that idolize Mike Vick and playing – the way that he did, just, you know, tailoring it to their game. And then Dan Fouts, just the ability to, you know, run that that highly pro- prolific offense and just throw the ball all around. So I, I have Fouts in uh, at number eight. You have Elway. Conversely, I had Elway at seven. So go, go ahead with your seven. Former Jet quarterback, Brett Favre. Uh, coming in at number seven, you know, we, you know, between your list and my list, I got two former Jets in, in the top 10. So obviously the Jets organization is doing something because, you know, we do have a Super Bowl victory uh, in our trophy case. And nonetheless, but we still have it in our trophy case. So uh, I got Brett Favre. I, I don't have to naturally speak over the top about Brett. There was a lot of great things about Brett. Um, there could have been a lot better. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. That's, that's absolutely right. When you think about he, he gift wrapped the, the giants to a super bowl, uh, with the interception in the 07 NFC championship game. You look at the great season he had in Minnesota, his greatest season of, in his history of Brett Favre. And he throws the interception. Was it that Porter against the saints? That I, I will say, I will venture to say that was Brett Favre's single greatest game. Not the game when his dad passed away. Was it the Monday night game when he just went yeah, off? Yeah, Not yeah. that. Not the Super Bowl run. I will say it was that playoff game against the Saints 
because they came after him to kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no other word. Yeah, they they wanted him to lie face first or face down on that yeah. on that turf and just never get up. I mean, was not the bounty was, gate? Was that bounty gate? It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah, and that was the worst thing. You, you remember the picture of the ankle? Because they were going after the leg. They went after the ankle, and the ankle was like a balloon, right? It was beyond a softball. It, it just like a bowling ball, and, and he was still getting up. For that, I, I will always say that that was his single greatest game, regardless win or loss. Yeah, well, that, that was the toughness there. It, 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 the tough. Well, he, you can say a lot of things about Brett. He was a tough quarterback throughout his whole career. He yeah. got pounded, and he didn't want to come out. He didn't want to be Wally Pip. Nothing. He got a paycheck. He wanted to earn it every game, right? I'm, I'm laughing at Wally Pip. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I gave I gave the I gave the history behind Wally Pip yesterday. Somebody nice. was asking, you know, you should uh, no, you can't come out. You don't want to be Wally Pip. Yeah. <laughs> nice. They probably looked at you with ten heads, like, what are you talking yeah, about? But I had to explain. But yeah, so I, I have I have Brett at, at, at my seven. Uh, character of the game. Uh, he won a lot of football games. Uh, he's a gunslinger of, of all gunslingers. Uh, that's why I look at Brett Favre. So he's, you know, he, he's my seven. So then then I get that now, now I'm starting to get into it, right? So I, I have my Unitas. I have my Vic. I have my Fouts, uh, my Elway. Then I get to Warren Moon. Warren Moon, that's a hell of a pick right there. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I didn't have him anywhere on mine, but you know, after listening to you, I can't wait you talked about it. But that yeah, what Warren Warren is out of this whole list, he's an enigma, right? Well, he, he got said, screwed, right? I mean, did. let's call it what it was. I mean, he let's did. call it what it was. He got screwed by the NFL. He the did. NFL, unfortunately, in the eighties was not ready for Warren Moon. I mean, let's call it what it is. They weren't ready for Warren Moon. You're you're, you're right. And he goes up to the Canadian Football League, I believe. Uh, he was, what, Edmonton? Sounds uh, about right. And, I mean, just goes berserk. Great cup after great cup and, you know, just passing records and throwing the ball all around. Now, granted, 110-yard field, 55 yards. You, you can't help what's, what you're playing on, right? You still got to throw it. Absolutely. But I, I'm not saying that to take away from him. I, you know, I kind of said that in jest. It's the fact that he went up there and he had to prove himself. To your point, he got screwed, but he went up there, proved himself, and showed that he could be uh, and that he was a legitimate quarterback. I'm not going to say NFL because he was in the CFL. He was a legitimate quarterback, and he did enough to eventually come back to the NFL or to come to the NFL. Uh, you you would think that you know. Well, the sad thing is that. He lost so many years up in Canada, right? Good years in Canada, uh, which he did when you want to look from a – if you just want to take the actual stats that he had in the NFL. But his impact on the NFL is so big, right? And it really is – I mean, you could talk about what Doug Williams did. Okay. Yeah, I, I always say I have a little animosity against Doug for the way that he left he my beat up on Tigers you. of Morehouse College. Yeah, yeah, thank you, one and done. 
Yeah. Like he was our, he was our head coach. Said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to be here. We're going to turn this program around." And then Grambling came calling. Like, granted, that's his alma mater, but you love yeah. this high and dry. You know, don't don't appreciate that. But anyways, I digress. I'm not giving you time here on the top ten. Uh, but Warren Moon really was the to me was the one that broke down all of the barriers. Right? He he was the one where uh, you didn't have to give an explanation as to why he's playing the position. You didn't have to make excuses. You didn't have to say anything, but he is a great quarterback. Now, still in that era that we all know that in that era, even in today's era, there's always, you know, a little quote unquote left after the end of saying who that quarterback is, but still you, you would see his name in that list and it was legit. The numbers he put up, the ability to help promote his wide receivers to become all pros, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember like an Ernest Gibbons. Is Ernest Gibbons really that? Well, all of a sudden, Warren Moon made, you know, and, and you look at all the receivers that he had there, right? The unfortunate thing is that one of the things for, for his career that will forever stay with him is the fact that his team blew a 32-point lead. Right in a playoff game that I was not at, and when you think about it, he scored enough points to win that football game. The defense needed to do something. He absolutely right. did. <laughs> he did contribute to the greatest comeback. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he had the, the pick. Yeah, a couple picks, but yeah. you know that that is what a lot of people remember him by. I remember him as just he was just the perfect quarterback. Yeah, like, it, the way that he conducted himself on the field and off the field, the way that he gave his interviews, the way that he was in the huddle, he was the perfect quarterback, and he had the arm to go along with all of it. You know, Warren Moon, when we went through this last year, he was my honorable mention outside the top 10. I think we did – I don't know if we went on the air about our honorable mentions, but I know we had a list of two to three quarterbacks that we were outside the top 10. Warren Moon was outside my top 10. And the reason why Warren Moon didn't get more love for me is because he lost time to the Canadian Football League. Because, again, statistic-driven, you know, I'm also big on the postseason appearances, winning games and things like that, uh, and he just didn't have that piece. But when you're talking about a pure passer, holy cow. I mean, it, I mean, Warren Moon was smooth, smooth. You know, often you can compare, and we'll, we'll move on. And his legs don't get enough credit. He doesn't get enough credit with his legs too, because he he can he can navigate that pocket. Just because he wasn't running for twenty yards down the field doesn't mean that he couldn't move his feet in and around that pocket to to extend that play to find somebody downfield and, and burn my New York Jets. But uh, you, you know, you could draw the comparison to Warren Moon to the likes of like a Josh Gibson or a Satchel Page, guys that were in, I know crossing sports. The guys that were in the Negro Leagues that put up great numbers that were all-stars that were just had exuded greatness, right, but didn't get a shot in Major League Baseball. Oh, and yeah. when they did, you know, it is for Warren Moon that he still had time on the clock. When these guys did, uh, you know, they were at the twilights of their career. Sometimes they still were very crazy. good. They were still very good at the twilight of their career, though. Right. But you, you imagine them in their prime, what exactly. would have happened, right? 
Exactly. We, all, we just got robbed of that. So. So, all right, you're up. You know who it is, just by my side. Do I have to say his name? Do I have to? Where are you going with this? Laces out. Laces out. It just bothers me to no end to even say his freaking name. One, because the Jets passed on him in the 83 draft. Right? So that hurts me more. And then this... God, my mom's listening to the show, so I got to be really good. PG, it's PG. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's that when he has an interview on the football life, or when he's when they ask Dan Marino on on CBS, what is the greatest play that, in your football career? He goes, "Well, you know, it's that play in the Meadowlands with the fake spike." Really, Dan? Really? Your greatest play is the fake spike in the Meadowlands? Give me a break. Should, should we so. Commercial break for a minute, just so you can calm down. I need to calm down. You do. <laughs> I'm surprised my heart. Boom, 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 boom. boom. <laughs> so, just, I mean, maybe he should be higher up on this list. But you know what, Dan? It's payback, Dan. It's payback right now, and you're my number six. You know why? Because you couldn't win the big one. You're eight and ten in the playoffs. But you were a, you were a field general. I'll give you that. You were you were you were in a heck of, heck of a quarterback, and you're Italian. So again, I couldn't penalize you too much. Um, but uh, I have him at number no, number six. I won't. I know. Uh, I I won't go into too much of statistics there. But um, it, his numbers were were fantastic. His arm was ridiculous. His Quick to get the ball out was ridiculous. He had no mobility, but he had mobility. It's, it's the strangest thing to say that, right? It's like an oxymoron, right? It's like a Yogi Berraism right there. He had no mobility, but he had mobility because right. he was able to sense the pressure and do enough to buy that time, and then poof, it was gone. It, so I have met number six, and that's as much love as I'm going to give. That That's as much oh. love as I'm going to give. Let's so go, Jets. Baby. Jets, baby. I, I will say, for Dan Marino. Talking about a dolphin. I, I didn't know where to put him on the list, right? Because Dan Marino. Just like Larry Bird. Just a dude in the movie. Man, and just like Larry Bird, I hated Larry Bird. Hated him. Hated him. After he retired. Got a little I was, love. I, I, I do. I give him love, right? I, I respect him. Respect him and just, you know, much admiration. When I look at Dan Marino, I feared Dan Marino being a Bills fan. Uh, I know. I feel you. I, I feared <laughs> him. Uh, I, I don't think people outside of the AFC East really understand how much of just you, you would think in the game no lead was safe, right? You knew that this guy coming on the field could just throw it anywhere, anyway, right? People want to talk about Pat Mahomes and the way that he could throw the ball. No. I'm going to tell you about this guy, number 13, that would come in there, and he he was just incredible. And we, we had, we as the Buffalo Bills had great defenses, had a Hall of Famer at defensive end. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you would think, you know, any other quarterback, he's getting there to get that sack, right? 
they I don't think they really timed it back then, you know, his release. It, but it was it was ridiculous how if, quickly yeah. he could just, you know, not even a full windup, just flick that wrist and that ball was gone. Bruce Smith come out and said publicly about it. I don't know how I didn't get to him. I was there so fast and the ball was gone. He's, I, he, I think Bruce Smith said that was the most frustrating quarterback he ever went up against. Absolutely. Because he, he didn't understand how he got there so fast and, and the ball was gone. And, and that's absolutely it. And as a Bills fan watching this, you, you're, you're like, you know, no matter if it was third and three, third and seven, third and 13, right? You knew that he was going to be able to make that pass. Now, we were quite successful against Dan Marino as well, right? And that's not his fault, but you look at the numbers that he put up. I remember when he came in and just all you heard was his duper to Clayton, duper to Clayton, duper to Clayton, right? It, it was it was insane. And, uh, you know, Dan was not done any favors by the Miami Dolphins organization, the front office. Uh, they, they never put the money to where it needed to be, right, to really give them that, that offensive line, to give them that running game. And I'm thankful for it. Thank, thank you, right? Uh, but the the fact of the matter is, uh, whether it be Joe Robbie or Wayne Hazinga, you know, those guys, they helped my Buffalo Bills stand up above the Dolphins. And Dan didn't have the, the corresponding group to help him get back to that Super Bowl and really to be successful. And, and so um, – you know, I, I look at his accolades. I look at everything he did. I looked at his arm. I looked at the stats. I looked at he was number one on every list for the longest time till this new generation came in. Right. right? It, yeah. It just changed everything. Blew it out of the water. Right. So, but here, but here's what I said. My last comment on Dan Marino. You know, Dan, I'm talking to you right now, Dan. Uh-oh. You know what my greatest moment is? Watching you walk off the field for the last time. Ooh. Losing sixty-one to nine to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoff game. Was so that is my gift. Was to you go on the Jaguars? Tebow. We had a Tebow sign here in the top ten quarterbacks. Oh my God! We got a Neil Lomax. We got a Neil Lomax quote, and now a Tim Tebow. You want to talk about the spectrum of talking about quarterbacks? What a! I love this show today. Um, but uh, that that's my parting gift to Dan Marino. Again, it's a PG show. I would do an Italian yeah, right? symbol. I can't. I just there's so many hand gestures that I want to do, and I just can't because it's it's a family show. Yeah, let let me know at any point. Can, you can, can we go like this? Can't yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm back, my man. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, who who who's your number six? So I'm already at six. I'm back. I'm at five, right? So if I if I go over okay. my list, I have Warren Moon, John Elway, Dan Fouts, Michael Vick, and Johnny Unitas. It, it, that that's going six backwards, okay. and, and now we're at five. My top five. Part of my top five though is Dan Marino, right? And so, um, you know, th- this is where our list now. Yeah, go, it's very different. Players are for the most part. I think there's going to be one difference. Obviously, since I have Marino sitting at number four, and I, I think I will forever have Marino in the top five. I, I will I, never I, have Dan Marino in my I, top I five. Don't know. I don't it's care. He even comes. made my top ten. I don't care who comes after. Um, he was to me one of the greatest 
ever to play that position. Yeah, I'm rolling it. Go with that, and it it it, it really hurts, right? It it hurts, <laughs> but to know the fact that you really couldn't get off against us, yeah, that that's okay. <laughs> that that's okay. Uh, all right, CBD. So that Marina, I have him in there. Who do you have at number five? Drew Brees. Uh, came in my number five, and it it's it, you know I, again like you said how our list changed. So yeah, okay, top, see now I'm trying to calculate right. who you have in your top four. I know so, uh, again, Drew Brees. Okay, plays ten games minimum a year in a dome for the majority of his career outside the and then played in perfect San Diego. It never rains in San Diego, so his whole career he played in in, in, in games that were in really great weather. Right, so. What's up? He played when they played on the road in Minnesota. Yeah, so I'm saying 10, 10 games were in the dome, right? But it, when you had to go to or Lambeau, nine games you had game. to go to Soldier, you know. That, yeah, and look what he did. Nothing. So, but his postseason record, 9-9. Nine and nine. If you're going to be elite, can you be more than 9-9 nine and nine in the playoffs? You played in the dome a lot at home. Now, in fairness, I get you. You can't help that the refs kind of – Hurt them a little bit in, in in a playoff game or two. Kinda. Hey, it is what it is, right? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> what are we gonna do? We can't change the past. He's nine and nine in the playoffs. Probably should have been uh, eleven and seven in the playoffs, but he's nine and nine. Um, and uh, uh, very good quarterback. Um, imagine, probably should have won more made, Super Bowls. Imagine that call being made in that Baltimore. New York Jets Super Bowl game. Woo-hoo-hoo. Hey, oh man! We don't know. We didn't say we were going to just win the game. My quarterback guaranteed it. Yeah, he guaranteed but, it. Imagine if the referees made a call like that in Baltimore one. Oh, to this day, you wouldn't. Let me take you. Hold on, hold on, hold on here. Do you know how many calls we had to go against the Jets in that Super Bowl? We dominated that team. We were pitching a shutout into the fourth quarter. They needed like twelve calls to even oh. probably get into the game. Please. The Baltimore Colts. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay. Don Shula right now is turning over his grave because he probably still can't believe he lost to Justin that Ball. Because we dominated that team. And then turn around and dominated. Yeah, well, that's on everybody else. We did, we we needed to do. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I got, I got Drew Brees at five. Heck of a quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Uh, But uh, my top five is, I got one that people will probably do the head scratcher, but. I got him at five. So I, I mentioned that I have Marino at four. My number five is the gentleman from Notre Dame. Number three in your program, but number one in your heart. Uh, then he goes to number 16 in your program, number one in your heart. He he is he is the, the top branch of that Bill Walsh tree. Uh, he he is Joe Montana. And for Montana, I struggle with Montana, and I'll tell you why. Unlike Dan Marino, where I, you know, when I put together my list, I believe that Marino was a great passer. I believe he was a great quarterback. Joe Montana was a great player. That's for sure. He was a great leader. That's for sure. He was able to, and they talk about the story all the time, you know, where when they're driving down, you know, games on the line at the Super Bowl. Oh, look, there's John Candy, right? It, they they talk about that story all the time. 
how nothing phased him, right? And he was able to kind of take the anxiety away from the players uh, in, in that huddle and how he was able to motivate them. Yes, you did all of that. And you said something earlier, and yes, it's so true. He made one play very famous, and that's because he had who could be arguably considered the GOAT sitting outside running that play with him, right? It's a backyard play. Every kid who picks up a football, whether it be a Nerf football to a regular football, doesn't matter. They run the same play. The same play over and over and over again. Stop it. But you have to, right? Mm -hmm. There's no doubt. You have to stop the play. But they they ran the slant. Right. But really, they, they were the designers, the creators of the West Coast offense. Right. That's where your Roger Craig and your Tom Rathman came in. That That's where your Jones at tight end and, you know, having Rice and uh, who was the other guy? I just remind blank. Sorry. The other Solomon. Guy. Solomon. Well, they had Freddie Solomon at one point. Um, John Taylor. Yeah, Rice. John Taylor. Thank okay. you. It, I thought you said Taylor. I, I must have spaced out because I, I just assumed you said John Taylor. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't think of his name. But that that's where having these guys, I mean, he was a benefactor. In that West Coast offense, that was, again, I go back to the square peg in the round hole. No, they took the round peg and put it into the round hole. They took the perfect system and they executed, and you saw what happened. When they execute it, because you have the right players fit the right system, system, and as they fit the right system, you could see the greatness and excellence. Nothing to take away from him as a leader, and that's why I struggle. That's why he is greatness. He really is. He he defined a way of play that's played today. He has all the rings to show away. You know everything he did for it. I I. It's really hard, but I, I'm like, mm. Dan Marino, to me, is that step up. And that's why I'm Marino 4, and I have Montana at 5. Yeah, I'm going to throw you a curveball because I'm actually flip-flopping two names. Um, so I'm just so you know, I'm flip-flopping. Uh, my number 4, it, it, I was going Aaron Rodgers at number 4. Okay. Going Not Aaron Rodgers. And, and Aaron Rodgers um, – you know, I get, you know, because I'm a numbers guy, right? When your touchdown to interception ratio is 4.63 to 1, you're closer to 5 to 1, right? It is a hard thing to get past. When you're talking about. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. You're right. I should have said it in Italian. She's condoning the show moving from PG. <laughs> you gotta love my mom, right? I mean, come on. You're right, Ma. I should have said it in Italian. They wouldn't oh. know. But you know what, what, what happened if I would have said it in Italian? The vengeance coming out of my mouth, they would have known it was a bad word. So I, I, I couldn't do it. Um, and, and believe me, I know a bad word or two in Italian. But, again, that's for another show when we want to uh, upgrade to Rated R. Yeah, show, but when I look at when I look at at Aaron Rodgers, his touchdown to interception ratio. Um, take it, take it, take a second, man. It's all right. Oh, go ahead. All right. So when you look at 
the touchdown to interception ratio, it is beyond anything the NFL's ever seen. It is. I mean, it's not even close. The closest one is Tom Brady at 304. We're talking 463 to 1. 4.63. His playoff record kills me because I don't like putting somebody up that high on the list. And I have two people high up on the list that their playoff records, to me, we're talking about clutch. And the quarterbacks want to be paid the money. Well, you, you're paid to win in the money games. And maybe I'm tainted in a little bit of my my background it being a Yankee fan comes into play of winning in October. We always say that's when you make your bones is in October. For me in the NFL, it's the playoffs. And it has a lot to do. And, and he's 11 and nine in the playoffs. He hasn't killed it in the playoffs, but man, his touchdown to interception ratio is, uh, so there's two, there's two things. It's pretty good. It, right. <clears throat> the four is the 4.6 touchdown to interception ratio. I right? that, and his career passing rating, excuse me, I got to cut you off. I forgot to mention his career passing rating is 103, by far the highest ever in, in, in the game of football. Yeah, no doubt. But what does that tell you? Tells you he plays in a weak division. Well, that's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. But what else does it tell you? I don't know. Um, Throwing a blank. See, I, what I would need would be more stats. You're an analytics guy, right? Yeah. I would need more stats, completions under 10 yards, completions between 10 and 15 or 10 and 20, and then to 20 plus. Oh, I, I think I think they're there. And if you think at some of the great throws he makes. Yeah, but how how do how do guys how do guys change that rating? How do they change that completion percentage? They always talk about it, right? They're, they're his, pa- his passer rating outside the pocket is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, th- I mean, the guy wins. I think he's got the – him and – I think he's one, two at Roger Staubach with Hail Mary victories. He's perfected yeah, the, the Hail Mary. I mean, the same play twice. Hey, how does that happen? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say the Hail Mary? I mean the Hail Murray. I think it's got renamed to the Hail Murray this year. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got you there. But I was, I was okay with it. And little do you know that that started our run. So yes, you, you, you made me throw in a jab, but that I was threw a jab. I did. I did. To just go steamrolling. Then there, I think we beat the Jets on the way there. Yes, we did. Okay, I digress. Everybody beat the Jets on the way there <laughs> last year. But uh, in all, all seriousness, uh, I, I did cut you off. So sorry about that. No, 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 no. No, uh, you know, I was just I'm looking at the numbers. Um, you, you know, if if you're a gunslinger, which I don't know if you can consider Rogers, I'm not taking anything away from Rogers. The stats, those numbers are just gaudy. I mean, they if you stay gone. here for a second, Barino has got 420 touchdown passes. Okay, Aaron Rodgers got 412. So yep. you can say they're pretty even. Yep. Marino threw 252 picks. Aaron Rodgers has got 89. That's like just when you when you put that together, he's under a hundred. I, I get that. And that that's for it's toughness off. You can't compare him to Marino, but maybe compare him to Rivers. Wow. Right? Because we're talking the same. Well, that's we're talking the same era. You're looking at Aaron Rodgers at 412. You're looking at Philip Phillip Rivers at 421. Okay, how many interceptions did he have? 209. To to your point, yeah. right? You're you're looking at that high touchdown ratio. 
that Andy sure. Reid. Sure. Look, it's you can say the same thing with Brady, but you can say the same thing a little bit with Brady because with the touchdown to interception ratio at three hundred four being the second highest. I mean, think about his game, right? Uh, well, you talk about. about I'm sure we'll talk about him in just a okay. minute. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So we're we're past Rogers. So where where are you on your list now, CBD? All right. So. If I'm starting at 10 going down, right? So Young, Starbuck, Elway, Favre at seven, Marino at six, Breeze at five, Rogers at four. So now we're down to your top three left. Top three. And we down to my top three. And coming in at number three for me is Drew Brees. Right. Uh Drew Brees. Um, there's not a whole lot you can say. 80,000 yards. Uh San Diego wishes that they kept him. Uh, he, got, he got screwed from winning or getting to an exhibition game. Um, he, he's done everything, right? He, he, he's done everything. The, what you can say for Drew Brees is that he was lucky. And what I mean by lucky is that when he was traded or when he went to the Saints, that it was a match made in heaven for him and Sean Payton. Yes. That, that, that's what you yep. can say. You had the, the consistency, the longevity. You, they, they were bonded at the hip. You right? can thank Nick Saban for this. And I know Nick Saban hates when people talk about this, but you can thank Nick Saban on calling out the shoulder injury and say, let's not sign Drew Brees. And that's what really made the match. So Nick Saban, the Saints organization officially wants to thank you for hand delivering Drew Brees. I just can't stand Nick Saban, so I like to throw that jab. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, I, I. There's not much that I can say for Drew Brees. Um, I mean, the the numbers speak for themselves. Um, yeah, heck of a quarterback. Le- legitimate. Um, did he change the game? I'm not going to say he changed the game. I'm not going to say he revolutionized the game. He was just the benefactor of a lot of things that happened. Uh, and he was a benefactor, as I mentioned, of being with uh, a coach uh, to be able to give longevity to his career. He's played with some heck of wide receivers, right? Um, turned some names that you didn't know into household names. And then they faded to obscurity once they left, right? Um, but he, he did it all. And, you know, we know in a couple of years he'll, he'll be donning the gold jacket. We know that. Uh, to be number three on the list, I think that's fair. How long will he stay at three? I don't know. I don't know. Because uh, at the end of the day, he did a lot, but he wasn't a big needle mover for me, Stevie D. Gotcha. Um, I think that as it, records are, are – are always meant to be broken. And, you know, depending on the, the longevity that these players have, depending how the game changes and continues to benefit, well, first of all, 17 games, right? But uh, not only 17 games, but as the the officiating benefits the offense, you'll see continue to see more yards put up by quarterbacks. So numbers that you thought were unattainable, unreachable, all of a sudden yeah. – they start to get there. Yep. And if Breeze 17 really games is going to change everything. And if Breeze really didn't move the needle, right, as far as what did you do to the game, you were just, a you know, you you had a seat at the table. 
well, then that seat can be taken away, right? And, you know, he may not fall off the list, but he'll drop from, you know, my three or your four or wherever. He'll drop down lower and lower. All right, so you got – who do you got? Uh, for my number three, I have Peyton Manning. No. I got him at three. This, this show is over. Sorry. This, this show is over. You know, it, it, and it figures they recover from the Jets. It, it, it figures. Well, he burned the Jets, number one, because he stayed in Tennessee an extra year. Yeah. Jerk. So, see. So, it, yeah. So, it's, you're, you're, you're spitting evilness because you are harboring animosity that goes back to 97. You can't do that. Oh, I can. And I, I know you can. And you do. You do. Well, uh, look, Peyton Manning uh, revolutionized a little bit there in the game. What you, How you call out the defenses at the line of scrimmage, right? He was pointing, doing all the pre-snap checks and all that. He was one of the first ones to be calling out all this and – he he put Omaha on the map, right? Uh, Omaha Steaks. <laughs> Nobody knew about Omaha Steaks until Manny was up at the line of scrimmage. Well, and there you all go. Their commercials, you see their commercials all over uh, the place. Right. Omaha. So, yeah. So, again, big games, where was he? Big games, where was he? I don't know. I don't know where he was. And sure enough, didn't show up. He lost to Mark Sanchez in a playoff game. That, that that does hurt, right? <laughs> but then again, so did Tom Brady uh, lose to him in a, in a playoff game, and so did Philip Rivers, uh, right? So uh, uh, you know, I'm so they had Mark Sanchez number two or number one. Mark Sanchez is four or two all time in the postseason. We've got a better winning record than uh, Peyton Manning, just on the percentage, minimum of four games played. Uh, but it, it, for Peyton Manning, man, I really get my Jet references in this week. I'm loving it. Um, but Peyton Manning, we all know he's done touchdowns. We all know he's came out as a number one pick. He lived up to the hype of the number one pick. Very rare does that happen. Uh, he's won two Super Bowls, had some really first two years in Denver, phenomenal years in Denver. Um, uh, again, great regular season quarterback, great regular season quarterback. Just didn't see it. In January and February, it's much. You won a Super Bowl MVP, but he didn't deserve it. So, so uh, I have him as number three for me. So I, I, I know we're headed down this path. It, it was the inevitable, right, <laughs> for us to, to talk about this. You you talk about great regular season quarterback, not so much in the playoffs. Here here. Here is the issue with that. The regular season is really the quintessential stat-driven player okay. achievement-type portion of, of the whole season. The playoffs become the team version, right? I don't know. I don't know. Absolutely. I... Absolutely. Because now the coaching changes. Right. Well, the coaches changes because the coaches tighten up. I, game, I mean, I, how else to say it? Game plan changes, right? When when you get in there, you're you're playing against a higher level of competition. Sure, and, and that's what I expect more out of my quarterback. Everything changes, and 
when when you have the best versus the best, you can still put up good numbers. But now, hey, but you didn't. You're going his against, touchdown to interception ratio was atrocious. You're you're going against another team that is just as good, and you can put that team into the position to win. But you have special teams and you have defense. Yeah, well, you have that and again in regular season games that are so important to get you to the playoffs. It's all a culmination. I and, I just put the playoffs as a bigger. Like, if you're going to be great, like you, you but look, if you you look at Derrick Henry runs for two thousand yards. Goes in the playoffs. All of a sudden, we start to change a little bit. Think, things things change when you. Yeah. Get- okay. It changed in one game because the year before that, he got him all the way to the AFC Championship game. Right. He got him all the way there. So, to me, as a quarterback, it's very different than a running back because Peyton Manning calls his plays. If he's so great, why didn't he change plays at the line to put him in a better spot to make better plays? He can check and give the ball to the running back. He can check out and throw the ball. Right? You he's in control. 30 to 35 attempts per game. He's dropping back and throwing. He has the game in his hands. A quarterback has the game in his hands. He's Peyton Manning. In the playoffs, he just wasn't there. Right? He 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 lost 13, he's 14 and 13 in the playoffs. And the Colts didn't change their game that much when it came to the playoffs. They played stiffer I'm competition. Saying, I'm not saying the I expect you, if you're going to be in the top three, top quarterback in the game, you better win the money games. Well, and you better elevate your team play. to the money games. Out of your top ten. You, you know what? You can't. I, I won't take him out. I can't take him out of the top ten because this is not this this is not the quarterbacks, the top ten quarterbacks in postseason play. But the postseason has a lot to do with success for a quarterback. If you want to get paid the money, if you want to be paid. I will hear you with that. I, I absolutely will hear you with that. But my question to you, in earnest, is that fair? Yes. You want to be paid. You're the one standing in front of the cameras every time because everybody wants to hear from you. You're the money guy. In the NFL, a quarterback is the money position. If you're going to accept the money, then you have to accept when you do great, and you so got to accept when you're I, mediocre. I hear, I hear you with that. And now now, now our listeners are all up in the place because now the real debate gets in. Right? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Game so on. Now, now the lists are out. You know, it, it, <laughs> right here. You know, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So when, when, when you look at the, the real debate of this is that it is the quarterback to put you into the position to win. I agree with that. It is the quarterback when it comes time for the game to be on the line to get you down the field. Does it mean to score a touchdown? You'd like that. Does it mean the the way so many teams coach to get you down with no time left on the clock and then to bring in the kicker to kick the field goal? Yes, that happens so much of the time. We have also seen where quarterbacks have gotten their teams into the position to win and what do they say on every broadcast? Oh, they left too much time on the clock. Oh, look, there's a minute and 15 seconds. There's two minutes. You wanted to, to bring that clock down. Why? Because the quarterback on the other side can bring his team down the field. The game has loosened up. So now you have to say, just because I drove my team down the field and we kicked the field goal to go up by three or to go up whatever, by one or two, 
we kick off, kick deep, great kick coverage, and now here they come down the field, and they get down, and they're able to kick a field goal. All of a sudden, I become a losing quarterback. I did what I was supposed to do. I motivated my team. I motivated my line. But I have 11 guys on the other side that couldn't make a play. That's not my fault. But if you want to take the credit and get paid for that, then you know what? You get paid $10 million a year like your wide receivers and spread the money out if you don't want all that responsibility. If you're good enough, just get it in the end zone and don't leave it up to a kicker. Get it well, in the end zone. Now, now, now there you go. Now that's a whole other thing. But what we say is we're judging them on win losses. They, I got you into the point to win. And I bring this to and it's a, you're making is a fair point, right? I'm I I I'm sound like I'm discrediting your point. It's a fair point. The quarterback got him in position and a liquor up kicker missed this misses the kick, wow, right? There, there it is. Remember that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so we've had Lomax, Tebow, and now Larry Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's so you, Manning is at your three? Yeah. Yeah. Who's it? Who's your two? We're not going to debate him because you talked about it as Joe Montana is my number two. Again, the only thing I would say is so high. Again, I, I he was he was a winner. He's a winner. Uh, he was a winner in the playoffs. He was a winner in the regular season. Um, yes, he had weapons. He had Hall of Fame players around him, but he, he wasn't a winner in the playoffs. He won four and zero in the biggest game. Well, when he was with Kansas City, he wasn't a winner. 16 and 7 overall in the playoffs. He was a winner in the in the playoffs. Yeah. Not in well, Kansas City. You're right. You're right. I was trying to not dog that one here, uh, being living in Kansas City now. 1983. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Buffalo. What was known at that time for stadium? So, but yeah, I, I, I have I, I have we gotta get to the number one here. We gotta get to the number one here. Um it, 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 so Joe Montana, I'm not gonna debate Joe. We we already talked about Joe. So, here, so who do you have for your number two? My number two, my number two, well, let me say my number one, who I believe is the greatest quarterback uh, of all time right now, is Peyton Manning. I see that look that you have, and I'm going to tell you why, Peyton Manning, because all along I have talked about, there you go, okay, we can go ahead. <laughs> And I'm just going to take this so Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Official Word Sports. I'm glad you're able to join this episode. Uh, no, when, when I look at Manning and I look at everything that Manning has done, um, he, he was void of a defense for so long, for so long. And it wasn't until uh, the fact that Tony Dungy came uh, to that organization, was able to kind of instill that Tampa 2, Made, made some additions that then Manning was able to secure those those victories and secure those leads for victories. Uh, but I look at the numbers. I look at his contribution. I look at just everything that he brought. Uh, Omaha Stakes as well, right? Now, yeah, you, you use, you know, the postseason. And I think the postseason is a factor. Uh, there, there's no doubt, right? I think that, you know, if you were to measure – yeah, you get, you know, maybe uh, two, it may be ranked a little higher or valued a little higher as far as your touchdowns and your interceptions may hurt a little bit more. 
uh, when you look at those stats and you, you put that all together. But at the end of the day, you, you have a guy that won the exhibition game multiple times. Uh, he won it multiple teams. Uh, he won it after coming off of what many thought would be a career-ending injury. But you take all of that uh, and you just look at what he did. Uh, you look at his yards. You, you look at the touchdowns. Uh, and you look at the number of years that he has played. Uh, he, he's right there. But that also means that somebody else, uh, since I have Peyton at number one, that means somebody else is not at number one. And as we said to uh, Jet Nation, take flight, whatever you want to say, one of your own is going against the family. Joe Namath is my number one. (laughs) Broadway Joe, baby. Happy birthday, Joe. Happy belated birthday. Yesterday was your birthday. Happy birthday, buddy. Number one quarterback of all time, Joe Joe Namath. Predicted. He guaranteed a Super Bowl victory. That is why he's number one. As he walked off the field with the, waving the number one, he said the only time he's ever done that in his in his career, okay. saying that we were number one. Okay, hey, now, it now, a great show. Like, it's been a great show. Would you like Would you like to go ahead and, and tell your your Jet brethren who you were putting at number one? All right. I said it, John Hamath. Tom Brady. All right. I said it. There it is. There it is. Tom Brady. Sleeping with the enemy. Yeah. There you are. He's no longer with the with the Patriots. He's he a Tampa Bay Buck. Um, and uh and look, Peyton Manning, you said a lot of great things about Peyton Manning. A lot of great things. Couldn't really beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. Bucks had great defense, they had great offense, still couldn't beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. Um, the majority of the time. So I think he did beat him one time um, at, in, in Indianapolis. Um, Tom Brady's got seven, seven Super Bowl victories. Been there 10 times. In T, TD ratio is three, 304 to one. Postseason record is 34 and 11. Regular season is 207 and 60. I, I The guy's consistent. Winning percentage, 75% across the board. I, I don't know what more this man needs to do and prove to anybody that he's the, the greatest of all time. Um, he always didn't have the greatest wide receivers. He always didn't have the greatest running backs. What did he have? He had stability in that organization. He yeah, he won with quick slants. They won with dink and dunks. At the end of the day, it's up to your defense uh, coordinators to stop that. They couldn't do it. So you can say he's a system quarterback. He... He dinked and dunked it, and they, they treated a, a pass as a run play. It's up to you to stop it. Then when you decided to, to try and maybe stop that pass, they went over the top to, to wide receivers. So um, Murderer. He, he, was a, he was a leader. You know, you, how many times we talk about it? at the first half, killing Tom Brady, hitting him, hitting him, hitting him, getting in his lineman's face, coming out of halftime. Next thing you know, it's like the Fort, Fort Knox. You, you can't get to him. Uh, it, he just brings instant credibility. He took a Tampa Bay team last year, right? It took a while for them to all get on the same page. Then they went on the roll, won the Super Bowl, right? 40, I'm sorry, he did it at 43 years old. Yo. 43. Are you, are you able to see yourself on the screen? Yeah. Your, okay. your flag is now just changing. It. Ah! <laughs> 
the Tampa Bay Bucks. Wow, that doesn't yeah. say guess though. Uh, that says tip it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Look, if you want to talk football, we're talking football. All right. So, right? Let's, and, and, let's, so, look, so that's – that. I mean, we, the numbers are across that, the board. Let, let's talk about the fact that they, there will always be an asterisk. There will always be. And that asterisk looms large in many circles. People don't want to put Bonds. People don't want to put Clemens. Because they say that they cheated the game, dude. That's that's baseball. Everybody yeah. in football is doing something in football. I mean, come on, how did? Whoa, I mean, whoa! Come on. Pey- Peyton didn't get called out for taping games. Did he? He did. He did. Tom Brady. He didn't tape any games. His, his organization did. But it wasn't. I'm not talking about his organization. I'm talking yeah, about Tom he's, Brady. He's part of that organization, which taints the victories. If they don't film. Look, do I know better? What team knows any better than cheating on the Jets? Because Robert Kraft would do anything because the feud. That's what you're saying. You cheat too. The fact of the matter is. We cheat. What do you mean we cheat? Oh, yeah. Our record indicates that we cheat. Yeah. That's how you lost Trevor Lawrence because Adam Chase is like, I need film on this team. (laughs) I can't go winless. (laughs) But no, the fact of the matter is, you know, you bring up valid points for Brady. I'm I'm not going to knock Brady for a lot of different things. I I'm not a Brady fan. Will never be a Brady fan. I'm not a Patriot fan, and I'll never be a Patriot fan. Right? I'm never going to root for them. I hope they go 0 17 every year, and I hope that they they've already traded that first round pick so that they they don't get anything. I hate them with a passion. Right? That that's an organization that I despise. But I despise you. Like you're, you can be a rival, and I don't despise you. I don't despise the Jets, right? You're a rival, but I don't despise you. Well, same thing. I've always the, said that the about the Bills. Patriots. They're not my big, but they're not my biggest rival. But like I hate the Dolphins more than really I hate the Patriots. To be honest with you, because well, same here. The New England Patriots for many years were nothing in the NFL. Well, you can, they, you just kicked them around, right? Right. right. That's all they were. Right, and, and and then you know Tom Brady comes in and and and, and well, actually I should say the Jets steal Parcells and and it, it almost created a, that's what created the rivalry, right? Stealing of coaches and and things like that, and so all of a sudden you had that rivalry that was kind of brought on in the late nineties. Uh, but truly, the Dolphins are are my hated rival more. I mean, I hate the Patriots. Don't get me wrong, but the Miami, I I just want to puke whenever I talk about the Dolphins. So. I feel sorry for Miami. I, I do. I just, yeah, I used to hate Miami. You squish the fish up, all that. But I just feel sorry for them. You know, maybe that, that moves away and now I feel sorry for the Jets. I, I'm not sure, right? Because now Brian Flores has kind of turned them around. But then again, they have a quarterback that says, I don't understand the playbook. Okay. But anyways, I go back to Brady, right? And when, when I look at what he's done, yeah, he's accomplished a lot, right? You look at it at his trophy mantle. Yeah, it's filled from side to side, top to bottom. You know, um, a lot of people want to call him the GOAT. I don't call him the GOAT, right? I don't do that um, because I don't hey, – first and foremost, you, your victories, not all of them, but some of them have been tainted to you, right? Uh, when I look at what you have done, you played in a system, right? So when, when I hear GOAT, I think of Dan Marino as being the GOAT, right? Because, but the thing that hurts Dan Marino is that he doesn't have some of that other hardware, right? That's the thing that hurts him. 
but Dan Marino is hands down a better passer than Tom Brady. Tom Brady may be a better leader, but is he a better leader than Joe Montana? Are they the same? Are they one and the same? When I look at Tom Brady, Tom Brady had a defensive genius as a head coach. And that was absolutely quite evident in every single victory that they had, the way that they schemed, and not only defensively, but the way that they would scheme you offensively. The way that he took advantage, and we see that today, the way that his offense is structured, Brady was a benefactor of that, right? Yeah, but every quarterback is a beneficiary. Great quarterbacks have beneficiaries from their head coach. There's no doubt about it. Right. So I I can't penalize Tom Brady on that. Marino, who was playing for a coach that's still stuck back in 1972. That, that's the way that he was calling the game. He didn't transition, but yet he was still the head coach. And because he was resting on his laurels, they, they did not change with the times. You have Tom Brady who played for a coach that, again, offensively schemed offensively so yeah. that they, they were able to utilize. You say, well, you didn't have the greatest wide receivers. They moved that game inside. Well, listen, we're going to take advantage of the fact that we may not have great wide receivers, but we're going to have two great tight ends. And you can't cover my yeah. tight end. And right. now, 15, 20 years later, teams are realizing, you know, this is pretty pretty special right. what they did there. Look, you Joe Montana, you can't if you don't have John Taylor and Jerry Rice, don't he's not him. he's not Joe Montana. I he don't have Walsh, he's not Joe Montana. Right. What's that one? I mean, you you can say uh, uh, Walsh without Walsh, Montana's nothing. You can go down this list on every great quarterback, pretty much. Well, not, there, well again, Marino, he was handicapped by Shula. Well, was he, or did he allow Marino to do his thing? The 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 thing that they lacked was a running game. But Tom Brady didn't necessarily have running backs, and yet he was able to win for twenty years. He won without running backs. Sure, but they changed they, they changed the style of play. They didn't do that in Miami. Now, now to your point, maybe the coach just gave him the keys and said, "You just go do whatever you do." Well, and I think that's why he got frustrated when Jimmy Johnson came in because yeah. Jimmy Johnson was handcuffing. He he was trying to give him a running game, and Reno's like, "That's not what I do. I throw." Even Kareem Abdul Jabbar, he thought he was getting a seven footer coming do. in there to play, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he realizes. Wait, this is wait, a minute. Did, wait, that Kareem? Wait a minute. I thought I was getting the other Kareem. Then they were, uh, you know, they had a huddle. Luel Sunday. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, but, the fact of the matter, you're, you're right. Every great quarterback is usually paired with a great coach. Right? But, There's no doubt about right. it. Right. And, and you go on that premise, I'll give you the, the cheating scandals. I'm not so big on the, the, the flake gate. The spy gate because the NFL burned the tapes and we truly don't know how bad it was. So we're all speculating how bad it is. In all fairness, we really don't know how bad. It had to be pretty darn bad for you to burn the evidence, right? So that's what I think the fans really go after the Patriots because we haven't seen the evidence of knowing how bad it is. So to your to your point on, on the spy gate, we really don't know. But in, at the end of the day, all these quarterbacks that played the game, he's been to 10 Super Bowls. 10 Super Bowls. Like, that is just ridiculous to be in 10 Super Bowls. Now, you can say to discredit Tom Brady, 
in fairness, the Buffalo Bills from 2000 to 2018, they weren't in the playoffs. From 2000 to 2020, the Jets made the playoffs, what, five times? Same premise with the Miami Dolphins. I think everybody knows where I'm going with it. The AFC East pretty much gifted five wins Mm -hmm. almost a year to the New England Patriots because our organizations as a whole did not do what they needed to do to take down the Patriots. I absolutely agree with that. Right. So they were given those wins and handed a home playoff game. Now, they won the next five to to seven games to get the 12 wins to or better to get the one or two seed. So they their road to the Super Bowl was two victories to get to a Super Bowl. Totally different scenario for that. So it's it, their path to get to a Super Bowl was much easier. You know, if I was going to discredit Tom Brady and some of his accomplishments to, to knock it down a peg, in fairness, it was much easier his path to Super Bowls to get there and why they were always, I mean, think about it. You win one game, you're the two seed or, or higher. You win one game, you're in the AFC Championship. So all those years they win the AFC Championship game, again, you still had to win that home playoff game, but it's much easier winning a home playoff game. Then you start having that mystique. You're the Patriots, right? You have all those Super Bowl championships, and then it's like, oh, my God, we got to face the Patriots. You're almost defeated before you get into the game. So, Agreed. Absolutely. So, yeah. But, again, I, I hate to discredit Tom Brady. Look, you're, you're mentioning Dan Marino and what he's meant to the, to the game uh, and how high he was. Look, we can debate really the top five and mix and match any one of those guys, really and truly, because you can make arguments here or there. Um, they all, when you get in that top five, you're in that rare air uh, of, of players, and, and you can mix and match. Uh, I just have Brady as number one because, again, more statistics driven for me. But I'm, I I said it throughout my whole top 10, what my top 10 was about. It's been statistics driven. So, uh, and and that's why Tom Tom is, is number one on my list. So. so when this show is over, you're going to go look at your Tom Brady fan head. Kind of no, I'm going to go put on my Joe Namath jersey and say, yeah. sorry, Joe. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Joe. But, well, Stevie, this, this, yeah. was, this was a, a good one. Um, I'm glad that we did it a little different than we did last year. It kind of opened it up a little bit more for debate yeah. um, where we can kind of figure out, you know, who, who do you see? Obviously, with anything, again, like you said in the beginning, when it comes to opinions, everybody's got one, Right. And it's how you see it through your eyes. You know, my eyes are part of Bill's Mafia. I hate Brady. Brady won't be there. Your eyes are through the New England Patriots. So you love Brady and he's number one. I get it. There's nothing wrong with that, right? And it's who's your bigger who's your bigger rival in football? Who's your rival in football? Patriots right now. Overall in the history of your Buffalo Bills. It started with the Dolphins. Okay. Okay. And think about that. Where you And all the love you gave Dan Marino, okay? Yeah. Miami Dolphin yeah, fan? Absolutely. But when, yeah. when you just keep All that love. I'm just saying. So if you're going to say that for me for Tom Brady, okay, Miami Dolphin lover. Are you beating the Patriots? We beat them in the playoffs. Have you? Have you beat the Patriots in the playoffs? We haven't played them in the playoffs. 
because you can't get there to play them. <laughs> and now that we're there, they're not there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, you know, you don't want to beat up on the, on the less fortunate, right? And, and so that's why the Dolphins are not a rival right now. Right? They're, they're up there, hate them, don't like them. But the Patriots, I, I wish nothing but ill <laughs> for the Patriot organization. And, and, you know, when you get caught at going to a massage parlor and the NFL doesn't do anything about it, again, you become that evil empire, right? I don't care what videotape they got. We all know what went down, right? Happy endings, sad endings. All I know for all of us, you got caught. And so that's that's the Patriot way. It really is. But I digress, DVD. This was on the quarterbacks. Our next one's going to be on the running backs, right? It may be a little easier for the running backs. Curtis, my man, Martin. Oh, here we go. All I want to do is send a shout-out to Thurman Thomas. You realize, my friend, you will always be in my top ten. Hey, aren't you going to salute him with a drink? No, there's nothing left. Oh. So, so I, I can't salute him. Okay. <laughs> but uh, for for everybody out there, uh, we love having these debates, and we'll continue the debates for the next seven weeks uh, as it leads up into training camp. You can always check us out at Twitter at Real OW Sports. You can go to our Facebook page, uh, look for Official Word Sports or OW Sports, and of course, you can check us out uh, on YouTube now or Anchor or any other from the audio podcast. Maybe as you're driving into work, you want to listen to Vince and Steve kind of debate the quarterbacks and then kind of get a little riled up, especially if you're a Jet fan, listen to one of your compadres. Oh, yeah. If you if you want to get fired up, maybe maybe it diminishes the road race. It kind of brings back the bell. Hey, I said Joe Namath was number one. Yeah, yeah. They, they heard you. They heard you loud and clear. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Definitely go to any one of the your favorite platforms for podcasts, and you can check us out there. We love doing it. We love talking to you. We love the comments. We love the feedback. Give us likes. Give us subscribes. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. You know, let us know what you think about our top ten. We're going to post it up, and then uh, we'll kind of let the fans go at us. DVD sounds good to me. So for CBD, I'm Vince. We'll talk to you soon.